Did you turn me on, Anthony? Well, you can't turn me on. My wife turns me on. <laughs> I wanted to say that. I love saying that. <clears throat> so many of you here today, but thank you, Pastor Nick, for the invite to come here this morning. And good to see you again, Cindy, and to see so many of you, Raven and and Lisa, and I'm not sure if, what's her name, Hannah and Adrian are somewhere here, maybe upstairs, I don't know. But good to see all of you, and it's good to be in God's house. We've been here a time already, and I don't want to take more time, so let us pray, shall we? To him who sits on the throne, be praise, power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty, both now and forevermore. And to the Lamb of God be the same praise, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty, forevermore. God, you've reminded us it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by your Spirit you have said. We pray, God, this afternoon that your presence will meet us again in these moments. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, my strength and my Redeemer. God, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Feed us, we pray this morning, not until we want no more, but until we want more. Be magnified, we pray, as we give it all to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you think I'm saying something good, can you say amen? amen? Wow, that's nice and loud. And if you think I am saying something really good, can you say praise the Lord? Good, we're getting louder. And if you think I'm saying something that you think is excellent, can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Good, we're getting louder. Well, now you're going to love this one. Perhaps you will get the loudest. If you think I'm in trouble, can you say, help him, Lord? <laughs> oh, you love that one, don't you? We're going to do just fine. Now, let's see. Where are we going? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I knew somebody would say, help him, Lord. We're going to do just fine. Your pastor was itching, so he said it. God will meet all of your needs. We're dealing with God meets our needs. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? By way of the topic, I am dealing with God meets our needs. And I have what is called a fallen condition focus it is basically we all have needs. Now, you may not want to say amen for that, but perhaps you will for the proposition, though we all have needs as a human condition, God meets and will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. By way of introduction, there are some misconceptions that we do have to be very careful about when we read this verse of Scripture, Passes of scripture, 
or the book of Philippians, as with any other book in the Bible, but we are concerned this morning about Philippians. I believe we need to read it very carefully, because Paul is being very specific about what he is writing to the church at Philippi and what comes through to you and I today. I will say from the very onset that God's glory is his provision, and his provision is our, uh, is, uh, is our glory, sorry, or our provision is his glory, amen? First of all, point number one, let us look at the possessive example of Paul. Paul says, my God, my God. I love that phrase. It is no unfounded phrase or statement. It gives Paul the confidence to speak with a boldness that is just amazing. He is doing that because he is talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he is not speaking about the God of the other disciples. Rather, he is talking about the God that he knows, even though they all serve the same God. He uses the possessive case or example, my, to show not that he owns God, but that he is in active, vital, and significant relationship to Almighty God. I know him and he knows me. This phrase gives him the confidence to speak with a boldness that encompasses the actualization or the realization of what will follow these two little words, my God. Well, what is this experience about? What, what is Paul trying to get at? This year in Trinidad and Tobago, God will meet your needs. I'm reminding you of that proposition. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. But then Paul says, my God will meet. That's positive encounter. This is what follows that little statement, my God. Paul really doesn't have a whole lot of anything, it seems. Maybe just like Jesus Christ when he walked the face of this earth. And yet still Christ said to his disciples, go down to the lake, cast a line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth. You will find in that fish a drachma coin. Take it and use it to pay for your taxes and my taxes. Jesus appeared to have very little and yet still he had everything. We, you and I, will have positive encounter with God, and you will know it. I believe this should make you lick your chops. Why? Because God is the owner of everything, and if Paul is saying emphatically, not maybe, I think so, I guess so, probably, no, rather he says will, which is very positive, God can and will meet our needs because he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that you and I can ever ask or think of him. Amen? What is this experience about? Well, this year gone, hunting season in Trinidad, I decided to do some hunting. You're right. Now, the folks in Pennsylvania and the U.S., they love to kill anything, so they were shouting hallelujahs when I said that. You guys are sounding like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I will tell you what I was hunting. I built two live traps. Two live traps. My intention, I was going to catch, are you ready for this? Iguanas. 
I got an ooh, ooh, but no amens, hallelujahs, or praise the Lord. <laughs> iguanas. We eat iguanas in Trinidad and Tobago, okay? And I was told that the meat is really good. <laughs> so I decided, there it is. Don't you want to eat me up? I got that from one of our pastors in Oklahoma. Rick Green is his name. He's a very good artist. He gave it to me to, to use, even though it's copyrighted. He said, you can have this one. Iguana. I, I caught one, would you believe? I called my hunter friend. He told me what to do to get that creature cleaned up. So I skinned him or her. I'm not sure if it was male or female. I have to include male or female, I guess. And I got it all cut up and seasoned and barbed, curried that thing. It tasted awesome. All I got is a laugh, no amens, no hallelujahs, no praise the Lord. Maybe this might help you say that. It tasted better than chicken. Oh. I got an amen from Pastor Nick. You can come to Trinidad. Oh, iguana. Yeah, iguana. God is good. But what? <laughs> You're not saying all the time for that, are you? <laughs> what else was I trying to catch? Not only iguanas, I was trying to catch a little creature, an animal called an agouti. A-G-O-U-T-I. There he is. That's what I really wanted to catch. Because I was told, if you think iguana is great, just eat agouti and you will find out what great meat you've got. Now, these little critters, these guys, they do not go in live traps that easily at all, actually. Hunters usually shoot them is the best way to catch them. They're smart, they're quick, they're agile, and they, they, they run away from human beings and, and man-made traps. But this is what I wanted to catch alive. And so I set my traps, and sure enough, one morning I got so excited, would you believe it, on your land. By the way, did you know you've got land in Trinidad and Tobago? 32 acres of it, you sent missionaries, you gave alabaster funds, Easter offering, Thanksgiving offerings. When you first sent missionaries years ago, they invested, bought 32 acres of land in the luscious area of Santa Cruz, mountainous and awesome valley areas. 32 acres of land, you own that because your money paid for it. Yeah. I'm glad you clapped because you should come to Trinidad and clean up your land. <laughs> Work and witness, that's what I'm advertising. And if you really want to come there January and February when you can't stand the cold anymore, come down to the Caribbean. We're going to take care of your man. <laughs> yeah. So I ran up there, and what is in my trap? A baby agouti. Oh, I knew you would say, oh. But I didn't eat him. I gave him to my hunter friend. You can say, oh, all right. He gave me a large male, male, no, a large female, actually. And I took that thing. He told me again how to clean it up. So I got it all cleaned up, and I, I seasoned up that thing. Barb curried half of it. I stewed half of it. We ate it. Students ate it. We had meat forevermore. That thing tasted really sweet, just as they told me. I've eaten deer and elk and moose in Alberta before, but this was really nice, soft meat. Amen? Still no amen, huh? <laughs> Man, this is a hard crowd. <laughs> oh, my hunter friend looked at me and he said, I cannot believe it. 
How are you catching these things? I've got guns and dogs and friends and we go into the forests and we come back a lot of the times empty-handed. I said to him, you are hunting with guns, but I am hunting with God. <laughs> I mean, how else are these things going in my trap? God is our provider and he provides for us well, including food, amen? Well, what else? One morning I got really excited. I got out there and I thought, maybe it's another agouti. What did I see in my trap? A big old rat. <laughs> First time ever in 20 years I've seen that. Nice brown uh, top, uh, white looking belly. I've never seen rats that clean in my life before. Unfortunately, I had to kill the creature because you're talking disease and sickness, right? Now, if you're an animal rights activist, you cannot do me anything. I didn't kill it in Canada, I killed it in Trinidad. <laughs> so I'm free to tell you that. I got excited another morning, three days later, I ran out there thinking, maybe it's an agouti, who knows? It could... It's another rat. Two rats, three rats, four rats, five rats. Last season gone, I got two iguanas, two agoutis, five opossums that I gave to my hunter friend, and ten rats. My daughter had the audacity to call me via video and say to me, Dad, do you think God is speaking to you about eating rats since you're catching so many? I said to her, unless God comes and tells me like the Apostle Peter, call nothing unclean that I have made, I ain't touching a rat. God provides, but there are limits to what your missionaries eat, and rats are not part of our diets. Amen? Now I got the amen. My brother thought it was funny. He sent me a video he got on YouTube of two ladies with an awesome recipe, soft music playing in the background, cooking fried rats in a mango sauce. That didn't influence me one bit. <laughs> I've got a good one for you, Pastor Nick. Do you know what you can do with rats? Well, here's what you can do with rats. I guarantee you, if you take a rat to your board meeting, you will quickly have all of your decisions ratified. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Isn't that good? That's good. <laughs> just kidding. <sighs> My God will meet, Paul says, all of your needs. That means the people of God, our essentials are supplied. All the fundamentals, all the nitty-gritty, the basics, etc., it's all met by our God. If you are a worrying Christian, there may be a reason for that. We'll talk about that just a little bit later. I'll never forget when Barbara's dad passed away a few years ago. He was 93 years old. We needed to get back for family time in Alberta and for the funeral. Thank God we had a friend who worked in a WestJet, and he got us all six free cheap tickets to fly back to Canada with one caveat. We were flying standby. We got there on the Monday assigned for the flight, there were a lot of people in the airport terminal, and I had my doubts as to whether we would get on that airplane. Barb went and spoke to the attendants, took a little while, and then she eventually came back and said, no, we cannot get on the flight. They said, the, route, the flight is absolutely booked. There is no room. 
we were praying and fasting on the Tuesday after, which Barbara and I love to do at least once a week. We brought it before God and gave that need to him. We went back to the airport the Wednesday morning, earlier this time. This time there were a lot more people in the airport terminal. And I thought, ooh, if we didn't get on on Monday, what's going to happen today? Again, Barb spoke to the persons doing the checking in. And after a while, she came back quite excited and says, wow, you would not believe it. We're getting to go on the flight. And not only are we getting to go on the flight, but all six of us were placed in first class. I don't know how you get a family of six flying on cheap ticket standby to all end up in first class. What I do know is our God is a first-class God, and when he meets our needs, he meets them in a first-class manner. Hallelujah. Well, supply means all. All means complete. Complete means supply. Paul is really saying the complete God will meet our complete needs by blessing us completely so that we are completed people. If this does not make your boat float, then nothing will. If this doesn't make you shout hallelujah, I'm not sure what will. I'll never forget one day, I don't know what it was, Barbara and I, we were really feeling it. At the same time, same day, we talked to each other. We were feeling like we wanted to get back to Canada at least for three days or a week just to hang around family and friends, and we were feeling it. Missions work isn't always easy, even if it's in the Caribbean. You do miss a lot of weddings and whatever else. God, God knows. But we were really feeling it. And so we heard a car horn outside, and out came one of the local pastors. But then two persons were with him. They said we were flying through from Guyana on layover in Trinidad for some hours. We, heard, we knew that you were here, and so we came to visit you. When we were thinking we would love to get to Canada... God brought two Canadians to us from British Columbia. Wow! Is there anything too hard for our God to accomplish? He is the owner, the creator of all things. My God, possessive case, will supply positive encounter. All of your needs, according to the riches of his glory, this I call the permitting effects of God's exaltation. Yes, God uses ordinary people like you and I to do his work. However, look at the phrase again. Paul is really saying that God is the authorizer of his properties which flow from his grandeur. This is what I call the permitting effects of God's exalted character or nature. He supplies according to the riches of his glory. You see, this is not a missionary prosperity message at all, actually. We do not go after God because of the things he can give to us. We go after God because he is the glorious God. He is the glamorous God. He is the gracious God. He is a God who meets us at the point of our needs. Amen. So we go to him and we say, God, take all of me. You see, there's a reason why we've now been there at your college for 20 years. We're not there because we're super saints. We've been there because God, time and time again, he's met our needs in every domain of life, physically, 
financially, socially, morally, ethically, spiritually. God has met us. Every time maybe we become concerned about how this will work and how that will work and what's going on here. And God, do you understand where we are and what's going on? Like you and I as ordinary people, sometimes when we're tempted to raise our voices and say, God, what's going on? God in those moments comes and he says, surprise. And he surprises the life out of us every time, on time, all the time, every time, without question, hands down, case closed. <laughs> the permitting effects of God's exaltation. Then Paul also speaks about, he says, in Christ Jesus. This is the passage of God's blessings. All of God's blessings come through Christ. God's blessings, they have structure and purpose. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul now reiterates that by saying, Jesus is the way through whom all of the blessings of God will come. He's the root. Everything. God directed me to read the New Testament all over again last year into this year. I read every book, and boy, was I transformed. But I read the book of Revelation last. Then I discovered some things in there, Revelation 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and going down. John said, I saw heaven. Overarching the one who sits on the throne is something that appears to be an emerald-like looking rainbow. And then he said, I looked and I saw the glassy sea around which the elders are standing. They would take off their golden crowns and lay them down as day and night, night and day forever. They are saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And then there is an amen inside there. John says, I saw the four living creatures with eyes everywhere. Apparently God can see everything all the time. And then he said, not only that, but I looked and I saw some other scenes taking place in heaven. The father, the one sitting on the throne, has a scroll in his hand that no one seems worthy to open. And John said, I began to cry. But an angel came to me and said, do not cry. And then he said, I looked in the corner and there is a lamb, a wounded lamb, as though he had been sacrificed he moved from where he was, went to the one who sat on the throne, took the scroll from his hand, opened it, and read it. When he did that as the worthy lamb, John says, all of heaven broke forth into praise and worship. That was simply unbelievable, spectacular. I tell you, he said, all of a sudden, if there was praise in heaven, if there was lightning, if there was thunder, there was an intensification of lightning and thunder as all of heaven broke forth and to the Lamb also be praise, power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, majesty, both now and forevermore. He is the worthy one. But there is another scene in heaven that also helps you and I with this message this morning in terms of God being our provider. He said, I saw the 24 elders and in their hand, each of them were holding a golden bowl 
What's in the golden bowl? In the golden bowl, he said, are contained the prayers of the saints that have been prayed since the foundation of the world. They are before God day and night, night and day, forevermore. That means whatever you have prayed, whatever I have prayed, whatever we've called out to God for as missionaries, those prayers are now and always have been before God. And in the fullness of time, in the economy of God's time, God begins to meet needs as he sees we have needs. God never, ever leaves us alone. That means in every domain. And it also includes the spiritual. If you do not know God this morning, and someone has prayed for you, and you're here today, and you're online, and you're listening. God has his prayers from the saints of God before you. Prayers have already gone up for you. You can now easily make the decision to say, yes, God, I want you. The passage of God's blessing. And then there is an amen, but the amen is not a punctuation of worship. It simply is a mighty agreement by all in heaven that everything about the Lamb and Him who sits on the throne is true. They say amen, and then they keep worshiping and worshiping and worshiping over and over and over and over, day and night without end. God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. That is the passage of God's blessing. Well, one last point this morning. Paul gives us the precondition of that statement. You see, I did not read anything that came before verse 19, intentionally so. Paul said, I have received full payment from you good people at Philippi. Everything I needed, you provided. When I was in need, you sent human resource in the form of Epaphroditus. He treated me well, you sent things. It is amazing, he said, not that I am boasting, but that I want you to know that whatever you've done is now laid up before God as a testimony for what you have done for me. Special, admirable. Well, what have we have to give as your missionaries? Endless student support. I mean, Sundays they come and they eat. It could be a booty if I can catch one. It could be iguana if I can catch one. Hmm? No, Amen. It's chicken, it's beef, it's curry, I mean, it's, it's pork, it's, it's peas, it's, it's potato, mashed potato, roasted potato. We have a good time. We spend all day together sometimes. In the evening, we watch movies with them, and we have discussions that are very deep sometimes based on the nature of the show we chose. Sometimes during the week, we hear, knock, 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 miss, do you have anything to eat, cookies or cake? Barb usually bakes something and gives it to them so that they can go back down the hill happy. We're involved in mentoring. Barb has persons she mentors. I've got four persons in particular that I'm mentoring. Three young men and one young woman. The young lady is from Guyana. The other young man is from Guyana, one from Barbados, and one from Trinidad and Tobago. All of them with call to ministry in one way or another, pastoral ministry, teaching ministry. 
What a joy it is to invest in the lives of these young men and women and teach them as much as I know, allowing them to see my life in various situations, in teaching, in preaching, in praying, in prayer life, in reading the Word of God. We meet once a month as a group, and I tell you, we talk confidential stuff inside there. What am I doing? My intention is they should not go out and be leaders without some kind of mentoring. I believe they stand a better chance when they matched up with someone who has been there before as we keep pointing them to Christ. What a special group. We're called to give to people sometimes financially. Just before we came back, I don't even ask Barbara who she gave it to anymore, how much she gave or anything. All I need to hear is, she says to me, God spoke to me. I am fine with that. She gave someone 100 US before we came back. Before we knew it, her mother called and said, guess what? Someone just put $500 in your missionary account. I am like that quickly, Bob. You should have given all our money away. If that were 10000 do you know? Well, you calculate that. <laughs> Just this tour, one of our friends down in the U.S. was playing July 4th with fireworks, and that rocket did not go off properly, exploded in his face, burned, just about completely burned on one of his eyes. Thank God it didn't, but now he needs a corneal transplant, possibly. Still can't see properly out of that eye, if at all. God spoke to us to give him a hundred, well, a thousand U.S. Not that we had that money, but because we sensed God saying yes, so we gave it to them. And the look on his wife's face when she cried and said thank you was enough. You see, it's not about money. It's not about giving. It's not about things. It's about us giving ourselves to God and allowing him to do what he wills with us because he is the owner of everything. Not that we give to get less, equal amount or more because God somehow gives back way far more than we can ever realize, but giving ourselves to him in the hands of God, he takes the fish, multiplies the drachma coin, and begins to bless the lives of all those that are around. Many hours of marriage counseling. We've got 25 couples we're working with. Wow, what an awesome thing as we teach young men and women to be together forever on this earth, loving each other. We want to make sure that we build an army of marriages that would love each other over a lifetime. And for us to do that, Barbara and I, we have to say sometimes, as we mentor and do that, Lord, help us. Why? Because if we're asking them to follow us, we can only allow them to follow us as we follow Christ. Our prayer life, our reading, reading the Word of God daily, our marriage must be what it is because we cannot fabricate pretend who we are. We bring them around us at any time, whatever they want. They can ask Barb any question they want about our marriage because we believe that our marriage should be the way it is privately so that publicly we become the examples of God. What have you given? I will tell you what you've given, Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. You have spent countless hours on your knees praying for missionaries all over this world. You've prayed for people right here in this good city. You've done things financially. You've given over and above 
internationally for the mission of God right here locally in this city to reach lives. You've baked cakes, you've cooked food, you've had party times, you've brought children in, you've brought families in, you've invested in visiting people in family, in hospitals and nursing homes. You've been doing the will and work of God. You've given to the ministry right here just as we're attempting to do in Trinidad and Tobago. You've written emails, you've sent letters, you've called out to God. You have been active in the service of God, Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Based on that, my message is simple, I believe, in terms of what God brought me here to say. It is simply this, because of what you've done as an individual, as a family, as a community of faith, my God will now meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so he has met our children's need also. The most amazing way our son Kenrick, who applied to medical school and got in, not being an American citizen, had to show 230 something thousand US up front in three months. I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I mean, I've done a BA, master's, and doctorate, and none of it added up to that, I'll tell you. So we were praying because we didn't have that money, <laughs> but we were praying and, and we were talking. I said to him, well, God does amazing things. We will trust him to the very end. If he wants you there, he will get you there. He was able to show that money at the very beginning. Not all of it in hand, but at least he was able to show how he would meet that need over four years. So he was accepted. But he did something that I didn't know about. So I, he said, Dad, I did something. I'm like, what did you do? He said, I gave 1,000 US from what I was raising because God said to me, take 1,000, give it to my friend who was going to do missions working in Mexico for a year. I said to him, and I didn't say this, but inside I was going, yes, because I'm like, God does really do strange things when we just open ourselves to him. Here's what happened. That same young lady that he gave that money to, her family, he didn't even know they had the means, called him and said, yeah, come spend a week with us. Close to the end of the week, he said, they put me to sat down and said, Kenrick, you're a good young man. There's something we would like to do for you. They committed on the spot over four years, $40,000, 10000 every year. As, as if that wasn't enough, one of the ladies in our Nazarene church in Wisconsin said, I heard about you. I'm now retired. I've got a fully completed house, was never married. You can stay in the basement. It's fully furnished. You do not have to pay any rent, any utilities. The school immediately dropped off $42,000. 1000 turned to eighty-two, And people started giving and God started doing things. And I tell you, God is our provider. Barb is coming, and I'll close with this one more story. Our daughter, Kamini, she's from Guyana. That's the young lady I'm also mentoring. When she was at our place one Sunday, God gave me a strange sense. So as we were talking about mentorship stuff, I said, Kamini, are you holding back something from God? She said, yes, Dad. She calls me Dad now. She calls Barbara Mom. I said, Kabini, are you holding back a part of your life because you think if you give your all to God, he will move you from here and send you where you do not want to go? 
Well, then she really started crying because that was the case. We did some talking, and I called Barb outside, and knowing she would need a shoulder to cry on, Barb came, and Kamini put her head on Barbara's uh, chest and sobbed and sobbed until eventually she said, Yes, God, I give my all to you. She looked different. She said, I feel lighter. I said, you should because you left the burden now to God. It's lifted. She knew she wanted to go and study master's degree in preparation for teaching, possibly. Somehow the young lady's life is mirroring my life in the strangest way. That's why I believe I'm mentoring her. But she didn't have the money. She got accepted at Fuller Theological Seminary in California, 21000 a year, U.S., for three years, 21, 21, 21. I said to Kamini, you know my story is how God has worked with me, financially and otherwise. I said, if God is calling you and you trust him as you've given all to him, he will do what he will do. Well, here's what happened. Fuller Theological Seminary gave her 17005 Every year, plus an apartment to live in and $1,000 living allowance. I don't know what school does that, but we know a God that does that and more. And once we say, Pastor, yes, God, to him, the whole world becomes the possibilities of our God, for he opens the windows of heaven and his blessings are poured out on us. God is indeed our provider Give it to him and may God bless you.